Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We're on a collision course with the national championship, and the only variable is time. Because the train is rolling, so anybody out there, I can't tell you what's going to happen right now, but it's coming. Get on board, but get out the way. That's what that is right there. We're coming like this, man. When you like this, you can't be baby. You're listening to From the Pink Seats Podcast of the State of Louisville Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Jacob Lane, Matt McGavin, and Vince LaCocco. We said last week that we hope to come back this week with a little bit of a pep in our step, and we've got one. We're not sure if it's here to stay, but we got one for now. Welcome into From the Pink Seats Podcast. Another episode is in store. Third of the way through the season for Louisville football, sitting at 2-2 two and two on the year, coming off of a big win, the first blowout victory of the season. Uh, we got a lot to get into tonight on the show to recap uh, the South Florida game and then, of course, look ahead to BC this weekend. A lot to get into tonight on the show. We got a new segment that I'm excited to debut for you guys, one I've worked hard, really, really hard on today. I have not filled you in on it because it needs to be one where you don't know what's happening. I'm just going to go ahead and oh, set that God. up here for now. Um, um, and then, of course, we're gonna we're gonna do Vince's game notes. We're gonna have um, you know some more thorough conversation about what we saw on Saturday and if it means anything as we head into the the more difficult part of the schedule coming up. With obviously uh, not BC so much this weekend, but Virginia and then Pitt, Wake Forest, and moving into the tough part of the ACC schedule. I'm Jacob Lane. I'm joined as always by my co-host Matt McGavick is here this week. Vincent Lacoco joins. We're outside boys again on the outside podcast. Matt Ooh-hoo. missed the memo here. We'll be joined by Presley Meyer here in a little bit as he'll jump on to kind of uh, continue some of the conversation that we had last week around Scott Satterfield and everything with global football. Uh, it's really a week by week basis at this point, the conversation and where it goes. Uh, so this week, it'll yeah. be a little bit more positive than it was last week. But Presley will join us uh, and we're going to we're going to have fun as we always do. Of course, predictions will come later on in the show. Uh, as well as a number of different topics. So let's just start at the top here, guys. And uh, I have on the notes Lamar friggin' Jackson, but that should say Devontae friggin' Parker is what that should say. Oh, yeah. How about Devontae Parker looking like the Devontae Parker we expected in 2015, you know, when he left Louisville to go to the NFL? I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it was something like seven, eight catches, 140 something yards, 130 something yards. Uh, a really big day. Obviously, New England. Uh, deals with the injury to Mac Jones, which now he's got Brian Hoyer throwing to him. So I'm not sure uh, if we'll see. Oh, I bet old boy from Western's probably going to end up throwing him the ball. I'm not sure what Belichick said, uh, but Bailey Zappy, right? Ba- Bailey's, I think it's Zippy. Zippy, it's, Bailey Zippy. There's, there's no way it's Zippy. Is Would it Zippy or Zappy? Is, I think I it's, I, is there I, an I A or an I? I thought it was just Zap, honestly. I don't know. I don't know. The, the best moment of the of the week with New England, and not that anybody here cares about the New England Patriots, uh, probably quite the contrary, but they asked, a reporter asked uh, Bill Belichick about Bailey Zippy Zappy Zap, uh, and he said, you know, his question was like, how much has he improved? Is he ready? And he said, he's getting better. And that was it. And he moved on. Just incredible. Uh, if you are, if you're not a fan of Satterfield press conferences, I can tell you, you wouldn't be a fan of Bill Belichick press conferences because you're not getting anything, whether it's a win or a loss. Uh, but what about, 
Lamar Jackson, man. I mean, you know, this weekend, I think there's been a lot more kind of positive talk about him, um, you know, than there was in the offseason. Every week, the narrative is, you know, he's earning more and more. Last week, the numbers were just off the charts. Again, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Probably oh, here, I got it. He was on my fantasy team. Sorry. Uh, he was 18 for 29, uh, 218 yards, four touchdowns, one interception, 11 carries, 107 yards, and a touchdown for a total of 40.42 points. Uh, yeah, yeah, I played against him from my first round draft pick who everyone yeah. called me an idiot for drafting. No, not everybody. Just me, um, which, again, I'll, you know, I'll eat the word. I didn't call um, you an idiot. I said it was an ill-advised move. It's not a like, fantasy football forward move. OK, but look at yes, you. You're is. winning it's, now, man. You're winning. OK, no, no, it's not. No, no it's man, not. But you're winning. You're you doing great. Year? And um, so your point is proven, Vince. OK, we get that. Um, but just great to see Lamar Jackson, Devontae Parker. Teddy got in. He, he didn't complete a pass, but he did come in. Should have yeah, probably played the full game. Thursday. He might get in this week because Tua's got that uh, yeah. backslash concussion issue. We're not sure what yeah, that is, I've, but hey. I've never seen a back injury make somebody get wobbly. I don't know. Dude, I don't know what I that like was. That. No, I'll, no, I'll be no. at that game Thursday. I'm actually kind of excited. I believe I text my buddy. I'm undefeated when Teddy Bridgewater is the starting quarterback, and I'm there watching. So uh, hoping to keep that streak alive yeah, for the fans. And I mean, the the Fins are one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFL right now. I mean, they just knock off the Buffalo mm-hmm. Bills, who everybody says is the best team. And Vince, you know my logic. If you beat the team that's the best team, then you're the best team. That's just the way it goes. <laughs> In order to be the best, you got to beat the best. Who would have thought the Dolphins and the Eagles would be undefeated at this point yeah. in the NFL? The I mean, Eagles have been wait. legit. J- yeah. Every hater. Yeah, no, the Eagles are 3-0. and oh. Every okay. hater. Only two teams, yeah. Every yeah, Jalen Hurts hater is just shivering in their boots right now. He's looked good, and that defense has looked phenomenal, too. Yeah, I really like that defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'll just keep it at that. What about the hot seat college football? That's another topic of discussion here. You got your second coach fired over the weekend, Matt's favorite football coach. Uh, second, actually, to Jeff Halfley, who we will get into tonight. I've got some Jeff Halfley thoughts, okay? I think he is a pleasant, a pleasant individual. I could listen to that man do media availability for hours. Absolutely great listen, but uh, you, you see Jeff Collins fired at Georgia Tech. So if, if anybody has a guess, uh, who's the coach when Louisville goes to Atlanta next year to play Georgia Tech? Is it Deion Sanders? That's what a lot of people kind of maybe trying know. to point some line, draw some. Lines I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be surprised seeing Jeff Collins join our staff as an analyst, considering him and uh, uh, Sat have ties from FIU. Yeah, yeah, but uh, the more minds you as, have around the team, the better, man. I, hey, that's another True, set of defensive eyes. It works for Alabama. As, Bill O'Brien and all these other. As someone who was previously on the Georgia Tech beat and still pseudo kept up with Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech athletics ever since I left, I think you give maybe an analyst position to Jeff Collins and you do not give one higher than that because. Oh, yeah, that's all I was. You don't fire anybody to bring in Jeff Collins. No, he hems no, his T-shirts. Not. Hey, now, look, at we had this discussion in the group chat last week. I'm a big fan of his swag, man. The cutoff shirt with the with the, the sleeveless vest. That's a fire and look for a and the Waffle guy. House. Now, when he requests <laughs> that his shirts be hemmed by his equipment manager. That's besides the fact. <laughs> Is that true? That's not true. I, I, I don't know. That, he's got, that's got not his head. Matt, Matt, Matt used to work there. So I saw true. the list of names. Rumor confirmed. It, it, I saw Bill O'Brien. I saw Alex Grinch, the offense or the defensive coordinator, Ohio State. I saw Deion Sanders. I've seen uh, just a number. Of, I think one of the names on there was Ben Mullins. I've just literally seen every name at this point. Uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be fun because Louisville's never won a game in the state of Georgia before, if I'm not mistaken. And they will go to Atlanta next year to open the season with Georgia Tech. 
I, I've heard that multiple times this week, Matt. So that's not a stat that I just made up. I promise it might not oh, be no, true. I, I'm, I'm not questioning you. I'm just kind of just going through all the games okay. in my head. Like, oh yeah, they they have it. Yeah, and so they'll open up the year. It's Georgia Tech next year, and God, if they don't beat Georgia Tech, man, we may never beat Georgia Tech in football. May never beat them because it's been a rough couple of goes the last few times. Uh, what about the butt punt? Did you guys see the butt punt over the weekend? As another I saw uh, that live. <laughs> Can you imagine how bad that hurt? That's all I could think about is how bad that hurt taking that right in the cheek, man. And we just talk about how he just did not suck it in. <laughs> <laughs> did not suck it in, and that is a great segue into welcoming Presley. Welcome into the show, my friend. Hey, I'm 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 glad to be here, guys. Uh, I apologize, but you know sometimes uh, duty calls. Otherwise, I, I wasn't in the bathroom taking a shit. No, just what. picking up a Caesar salad. I, I just That's right. I was I was picking up a salad. That's right. That's right. Uh, but that still, I, I that's the one thing I saw that, and I was just you know, I always thought about how bad it hurts to block a punt. Vince, have you ever blocked a punt? Yeah, it doesn't feel good. Like, no, I can't imagine that that feels good. And you know what's even imagine. worse is practicing a punt for like a 10-minute period. Practicing blocking a punt for like a 10-minute 10 10 minute period. So your hands are just like on fire by the end of it. Yeah, that's not that's not something I could do. I, I think I definitely favorite, don't think I want to take a punt in the butt either. I don't think that's of, of interest to me at all. No, I, I don't think that would feel good. I think my favorite part about the butt punt <laughs> is the fact that the guy who got hit in the butt by the punt is now like getting sponsorship deals from Charmin and dude wipes and and oh, companies like that. Dude, see what we, we got to figure out. What is it for our show that we can do to where I can get a sponsorship from somebody from something we did, right? If it would have just taken you kicking a ball into my ass, then so be it. Let's do it. Like if that's what we got to take, that's what it takes to get the dude wipe sponsorship for from the pink seats. Then that's the, that's what duty calls, See, right? This is, this is what we love about Jacob. All right. Cause I, I just texted this to Vince like 15 minutes ago. Like Jacob's the only person I know that can go from like, I'm going to freaking murder every single person in the city of Crestwood. And then all of a sudden he's like, and we're back from beautiful Crestwood, Kentucky and for the, from, from the pink seeds podcast. And then he's, and then literally five minutes later, he's like, I wonder if I could suck a football up my ass. For <laughs> okay. Let's go into the segment before we move into talking about USF uh, NBC. I what a segue. <laughs> <laughs> to move into a new segment tonight, which I also want to make sure I do mention, Ian Pfeiffer will not join us tonight. Coming off his best week of the season, that's a really bold move, right? How to do, go, how do, you do? He did Four. a two, two, and one, which is far better than what we've done so far, uh, week to week. So, yeah. especially the last time he like no call to win, I mean, he he went what like one for one for four that week. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad to start, but we're back, boys. We're back. Time to start yes. making money. You know what they say in business? You got to spend money, and sometimes you got to lose money to make money. So that's where we Scared are. Money don't make money. That's right. All right, let's move into a new segment. I want to try to do this each week, but it involves a lot of prep time. Uh, Matt, I have been texting you for different weird things throughout the day, and it is for this segment. This segment is called Right and Wrong, and I'm going to go through I'm what scared. we got right as a show last week and what we got wrong as a show last week. Each week, we're going to do this to keep a, a running tally of some of our bad takes, because I think about how wrong we are and how right we are a lot of the time, right? Like we talked about uh, in our group chat, Scott Satterfield definitely listens to this show. I he is an AWL for sure. I am convinced he listens to this show, uh, but I'm also convinced that he's heard some pretty bad takes, and we're going to get into them right now. Where I was wrong, okay? I'm just going to run through these. I've got wrong, right? Did the Florida State fans put you up to this? <laughs> they did not, but they did kind of uh, 
they are the inspiration here in a way. So again, thank you to the Florida State fans, the gifts that keep yeah, on giving. Some Jimbo Fisher burner hit him up and DM on this. <laughs> All right, where I got it wrong last week, I said that this would be a program shifting mere loss for South Florida. Talking about the loss to Florida, I thought that this would get Jeff Scott going. It certainly did not get Jeff Scott going. They played Florida, a decent team, to the wire. They should have won the game. I thought that would get them turned around in the right direction. No, is Florida decent though? Where we were all wrong, it's Gary, not Jerry. Gary Bohannon is his name, not Jerry Bohannon. I said it was Jerry Bohannon. I remember that. I did not say it was Gary Bohannon. No, it's it's Gary. It's Gary Bohannon. Oh, wait. Okay, never mind. I'm just digging myself. Home okay, so sure. now I've. this is the thing. I've listened to like multiple people say this dude's name this week, and now I'm convinced that maybe it is Jerry. But I'm pretty sure when I went back and listened, it was Gary. Throughout Everything the about the, the spelling game. would indicate that, that, that it's Jerry. <laughs> That's right. We all got it wrong. Where I got it right, I said we got to do something about the linebackers. If you all remember in our conversation yeah. during Vince's game notes, the linebacker position needed some change. We saw that, right? And it did uh, unfortunately come in the, uh, I don't want to say the loss of Monty Montgomery, but we saw him take a step back in his role last week. Only two tackles, did not start the game. He did play quite a bit, uh, but Dorian Jones, Debo Jones, in my opinion now, is the de facto starting inside linebacker next to Momo Sonogo. I thought he played Mm -hmm. uh, his best game of his career. Um, So I got it right last week. And a couple of these are in order of what I got right. So I just want to, I need to step out of line here. Where Matt got it wrong. Matt's tweet. Oh boy where he criticized Cameron Teague for pickles. Uh, I, I have a problem with this. Matt said that pickles are trash. I love pickles are trash. The only no. way they're acceptable is that they're fried. That's it. That's a good point. I do like fried pickles, although it is my least favorite appetizer. I would say that it starts with potato skins, mozzarella, cheese sticks are good, nachos. Oh, absolutely. Give me some good chicken tenders. And then I'd put fried pickles, maybe after fried mushrooms. But pickles on a burger, uh, a nice uh, pickle spear with a sandwich. Come on, man. What are you doing? Come on, Matt. Pickles I mean, I, are so horrible. Matt and I rarely agree on anything. We can get into that later. Um, <laughs> but but I will 100% agree with Matt that I, I, I'm, I'm not picky at all, but I will not eat mushrooms and pickles. I just I just don't do it. Um, so, like, and I've been on dates before, too, with girls that are like, well, we'll take the fried pickles and the fried mushrooms. And I'm like, I'm going to take getting the hell out of here is what I'm going to do. <laughs> They order a Budweiser with that? I mean, I, I would drink a Budweiser. That'd be great. I'm saying, but, did the girl order one? No, I, I don't think. I don't think so. Dude, you normally, might have no, yourself normally. a keeper. I don't know, man. You need to reconsider what you're thinking here. If you're exiting. Well, they, they can eat their baskets of, of whatever, and I'm going to eat some real man food. There you so go. That's that's what that's what we'll do there. Where Presley got it wrong, he said last week, "This is the type of team talking about South Florida that if you let them hang around, they'll beat you." Completely wrong. While Louisville didn't give them the chance in this game. Presley, your take for this instance was wrong. Well, I, I, got, I, I will go I will say that inconclusive would probably be, be, be the answer there in my defense because okay. that's fair. Um, that well, Louisville came out and they essentially stuck their foot up their rear ends and uh, and and the result was was them giving up. I mean, we'll get into that a little bit later, but. If, if you think that, that South Florida played to win that game after Louisville went up 14-0, you're just kidding yourself. 
All right, where Matt got it right. Matt predicted U of L to blow out South Florida, forty-two to seventeen. In fact, Mike Rutherford in his news and notes last week, I called out Matt McGavick is more confident than most. I liked that. Also, very bold, Matt. Very bold. Where Vince got it wrong. Vince has still not picked a game right all season. Vince is weak. Zero and four. Last week, Vince said twenty-eight to fourteen, USF uh, would win the game. He, he did get the. Wait, you said USF would win? Yes. Yeah, both. I remember that. Yes, I wasn't the only one. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I had but- to go back and re-listen like three times because I didn't listen to it live. And I went back to do the, the prediction article and I texted Jacob and I was like, it was, re- it was reverse yeah. psychology. It's yeah, really funny like- though, because even Presley during the show asked, wait, what, what was your score? And you still got it. Yeah, Presley still didn't pick it up. I, I think- still didn't. Well, no, because he just said 28, 14, which in retrospect, Thinking that Louisville would only score 28 and South Florida would score 14 is it's, it's crazy, but I'm totally here for it. Also, I'd like to go on record that I'm one to know on this podcast. So that's right. That's right. And that's yeah. why we brought you back. It's, it's as simple as that, my friend. Yeah, you got it right. Uh, and that's what we need right now. Um, speaking of got it right, uh, what Presley said last week was right when he said you can run the ball against this team in South Florida. Louisville did just that. In fact, uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me right this second, which I keep saying that not a good sign for the night to come when I've said that now three. They times ran for two eighty three. Thank you. Uh, and Malik Cunningham again was the leading rusher of the year, but you also saw Trevion Cooley. You also saw Jawar Jordan. You also saw. Um, uh, oh my goodness, I, I'm blanking on the other tie on Evans. So overall, Louisville's you know being able to run the football. I uh, didn't think that was going to be much of an issue, but like Presley said, you can run the ball against that team. Uh, let's see here. Let's keep him in. Where Vince got it right last week. Uh, Vince talked about in the practices that he saw over the offseason that Chris Bell was absolutely good enough to play. In my opinion, when I saw Chris Bell, I said, I don't know who that is without, you know, looking at my roster, but that's an NFL wide receiver by the height, the size, the weight, all of it. Chris Bell looks like he could go and start for the Dallas Cowboys tomorrow. Now, can he play that well? I don't know. Where Ian got it right last week is he was all in on Bama against his bandy boys, and sure enough, <laughs> he covered. Uh, Ian has had some emotional plays this year. You talk about the, the Oklahoma-Nebraska play, the UTSA-Texas. Ian is an emotional better in some instances, but this weekend he bucked the trend, and he went with, uh, with the Alabama boys, and they got it done. Con- congrats to him. Uh, where Vince got it wrong this weekend was his attire to the game. I don't understand. What it was doing here? It got hot. It did get hot, and you wore a long sleeve quarter zip with jeans and boots. I didn't. Well, know. it was we cold at the afterwards. start of the day. It was cold at the start of the day, and my T-shirt it just was. so happened to be too small to take off my quarter zip, so I just bit the bullet. Where I got it wrong was thinking that my daughter would stay in her seat for the entire game. Now, I I may have been it might have been a pipe dream to think that that would be the case, but I thought we're hey, definitely we dreaming. Pump her up with yeah. food. Now, listen, I spent more money at a football game this year than I have ever spent in my entire life uh, at this game, and it is because she got a snow cone, she got an ice cream cone, she got popcorn, she got the whole shebang, she got the football experience. <laughs> um, and yes, my pockets are hurting a little bit today, but she didn't stay in her seat. I, I don't that know that might be why she didn't stay in her seat, buddy. Is somebody yeah, with all the sugar? Yeah, I can uh, I can confirm that's probably the case. Where I got it right was saying that Yaya Diaby may be the MVP of this team. Now, Malik Cunningham has absolutely been kind of the catalyst on offense. But again, Yaya Diaby, Scott Satterfield mentioned it earlier in his uh, press availability. Yaya Diaby has had a sack in every single game. He leads the ACC in sacks. Louisville is a top. They were, and I haven't checked this week, but Louisville was a top 12 unit in sacks um, in sacks last week and being able to accrue sacks. Um, they were the number one in the ACC. This is just an unbelievable thing that we have not seen for a long time. And at this Good. point, Yaya Diaby might have 12 sacks, like straight up. If we're going for this, this pace, we may be talking about one sack per game for the whole year and, I, and maybe more. 
maybe more. I don't know, Matt. Might, maybe he might break the single season sack record. I don't know. He might at this pace. All right. And I will wrap it up on this last one here. Uh, let's see. I'm going to find one more in here that I can, uh, I can, I think might give us a good laugh. I might've gone through all of them. Uh, I'll, I'll go with Ian on the last one where Ian got it wrong was the U of L uh, and talked about in his Louisville bet that he thought that there was a chance that South Florida would be able to cover um, within the, what was it? 15 and a half points. And you got it wrong. You got it wrong. And it's the most excited I've been for you, buddy. Congrats. So, so let me, let me get in here with the fact checker before we uh, proceed. Uh, Louisville is, is tied for 13th in the country with 13 total sacks as a team. Um, I'm just looking uh, very quickly at, at the teams in front of them. Only one ACC team. Can we name the ACC team ahead of Louisville in sacks? Clemson, Virginia. Virginia. Very good. Wow. McGavick, very wow. good. Look at and, that. And finally, Capital um, J. The Mr. Bohannon, the for, former Baylor <laughs> quarterback that transferred to South Florida inexplicably um, and, 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 and got torched by the Cardinals this, this weekend. His name is pronounced the same as the quarterback from Remember the Titans, which is Gary. So there you go. There we go. There we'll fact go. check in the segment. And that is our first edition of Right and Wrong. And I will definitely be. Well, I got it. one more bone to pick. Where sure. else? Where, where else? Presley is wrong <laughs> for the day. Is everybody saw Matt tweet out about a certain <laughs> friend saying Avatar was even in the same discussion as the Godfather. And uh, that friend was Presley. And ah, you're dead wrong. But, but everybody hold, hold, hold knows. On. No, there's no of... defending. There's no defending. God, no, I'd that... rather watch Godfather. Godfather Hold part on. three ten times than can, watch. Can Avatar I can I just once. get a get a word in very quickly? No. So the hard J journalist in this group really took a story and ran with it here um, because that that's not that's not what was said. That's not what was that's said. exactly what was that was said. What, that's it, what was said. The the storyline itself. If you isolate the storyline, you know you don't you don't pull in acting. You don't pull in the budget. You don't you don't pull in the directing. You don't pull in, in, in anything else, the, the, the soundtrack related to the movie. When you just look at storyline as a whole, uh, the, there are probably 50 to 100 movies out there that, that are the, the perfect story arc. Um, and, and Avatar fits into that mold. I will say that. The Godfather is, is one of the originals that, that it's really, uh, that, that's really, we've hammered that home in the group chat today. Uh, but, but it was never said, um, I, I do believe that I said the Avatar was goaded in that that realm, but mm. but if mm. anybody thinks that Avatar is as good as The Godfather, that that's that's obviously factually incorrect. However, it has been very enjoyable being the anonymous person uh, that that made this well, take that well, wasn't well, actually well, a well, take. You know what's worse, Presley? That, that made woke woke biscuit. Um, which, by the way, <laughs> I, I've, I've I've heard that uh, um, when I was listening to the radio this morning, uh, Deaner said that he wants to have a segment. Um, that's that's called woke biscuit because he wants to bring uh, he wants to bring big, biz, biggest biscuit on because he's the guy on on Twitter who's the that most wants woke. to be he wants to be the woke activist guy which I love that I love biscuit he's he's the the funniest dude ever very genuine uh, but, but yes he's he likes to do his uh, his little his little woke stick also he's like the medium is biscuit by the by by uh, my standards now. I don't yeah, know and, Matt, and Matt, don't think you're out of the clear either for not having seen Godfather Part Two. Yeah, that's just oh, as God, bad as was... Presley's comments. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, Hold yeah. on, guys. So like, I, I know, I know. At least I got to drop a bomb, guys. Okay, okay. I've never seen either movie. 
Oh my god! I've never seen you. I'm I'm not going to be outraged because look, there are opportunities in life. Like you know, you have that friend that's like, oh my gosh, you don't know about that meme. What's better in life than saying, oh, you don't know, you don't know, is 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 actually showing someone and seeing them experience life's great opportunities for the first time. So what I'm hearing is we're going. We're going to go to Vince's house and watch The Godfather soon. Is we have to. Well, oh, yes. our, our Italian mobster friend. Absolutely. <laughs> we have to go to we got to go to Vince's house. All right. Closing thoughts. I'm going to get the last word in here. Say next week, Trinity. All right. Let's talk about uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's go ahead and dive into South Florida and Louisville football. Give you a little bit of a general overview in the cards. Forty one to three win. Looking back at the numbers, Louisville. Uh, absolutely destroy South Florida in total yards, 542 total yards compared to 158 offense and defense. Both had it going Louisville at 28 total first downs. I think Satterfield said they had 17 in the first half. They were really moving. I think in the second drive alone, they had four or five straight first downs uh, when they got the ball. And then that was obviously, I think the, the drive where Malik ran the, the big play. Uh, or may, I, gosh, I, I had been drinking by that point. I don't know. Maybe that was the play where they threw it to Jalen Carter. I don't know the order of what the touchdowns came in. <laughs> Regardless, Louisville was able to move the football. And it was a really it was really nice to see because they've obviously um, not that they've struggled, but in key moments they have uh, kind of struggled with being able to do that. From a rushing standpoint, we talked about last week, South Florida being one of the best rushing attacks in the country, 48 yards. And, and one thing I didn't mention in the right and wrong is one thing I did. I did say last week was that um, when you push Louisville against the wall, <laughs> they typically come back out and stop the run. I don't know what it is about Louisville. They did it last year with NC State and Bam Knight. They did it with Sean Tucker last year. Louisville has a way of when they wanting to when they want to stop the run, they'll do it. However, Central Florida too. UCF is a is a big one there. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Louisville able to stop the run, um, 283 yards on their own right, including another 100-yard rushing um, performance from Elite Cunningham. They cut their penalties uh, in half, 5 of 59, or uh, roughly in half. I mean, I know they've had – it's very double digits the last couple of weeks, but they go five penalties, 59 yards. Uh, Matt, with the question of the day, asking about the, the penalties, can I ask you a question? When Satterfield yes. says something like, uh, I'm sorry, what, or doesn't understand your question, does your heart sink into your butt for a quick second? <laughs> I just repeat what I just said, honestly. <laughs> I just because I sense like I feel like I can sense you like maybe perking up a little bit, and maybe getting oh, a little bit more nervous. Like, well, I, I will admit of- that I I kind of slurred a little bit of the of the last like part of that sentence just because I skipped over it. So I just kind of repeated the sentence, honestly. But no, I, I'm used to it at this point because I've I used to just really just butcher questions, but I've gotten a lot better at this that's why that's why you are the uh the the uppercase j journalist here of the group and then the hardest j there is that's right uh third down though kind of ugly four 13 not what you would expect you know from a team that was as bad as south florida was but you get the positive of the three of four on fourth down so hey that's why you have four downs and not three Uh, looking over at the stats again malik cunningham is the leading passer 186 yards uh, 14 of 22 through that touchdown there to Jalen Carter, which people have talked about. It was a little bit of an overthrown ball. I feel like Jalen Carter just wasn't quick enough to get where the ball was. I don't know. I, I just, I feel like if he was just a tiny bit faster, he would have caught the ball where it should have been versus diving. I don't know. I no I've been so critical of Malik the last couple of weeks. I feel like I got to throw him a bone on this one and blame a receiver for once, by the way, best play of the day, uh, manual high school, shout out Jalen Carter, Matt, you had to be just so proud. Did you stand up there and do a manual chant? Oh, M A N U A L, manual, 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 manual. <laughs> I think that's their official cheer. I'm pretty sure. After, <laughs> they, do, after no. they lost the H to male high school back in the, the 1800s, that's exactly what happened. So 
Um, Never do no. that ever again, Jacob. <laughs> uh, uh, all the Crimson's, all the Crimson's I, are so excited now. I will. I don't know if we'll get back to this, so I, I'll go ahead and speak because I'm not sure that that Vince will speak up and say anything. Um, there's this old, there's this thing I always say about about uh, a good golf shot, right? You can't hit a great golf shot unless you first hit a bad shot, right? So, like, if, if, if you ever think about if you've ever been out with your buddies and they hit a great shot, they're probably like in the trees, in a bunker, out of the rough, tough pin location. Like, they put themselves in a bad situation in the first place. Jalen Carter should have walked in for that touchdown. I'll say it now, and I would repeat that. In to him? No. I tell him, great catch. Got a boy. You know what looked cool? No, no. I, 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 for it. No, I'm not. <laughs> hey, there's nothing against Jalen Carter. It's, it's who is throwing him the ball, 100%. Sure. Shout out to Jared Anderson, our photographer, who caught that moment. Uh, definitely four of my favorite pictures we've ever had taken for the state of Louisville. So I, I just want to call out Jared there. Uh, looking at the rushing, again, Louisville is led by Malik Cunningham, nine of 113. He's getting more efficient with his runs. They're becoming longer, but also not as not as often. It's a really nice balance here. I kind of like it. I would like more for less, right? More, there's, less there's runs, a, That's what she yards. said, joking there. But, yes, it's, it's been improved for sure. <laughs> that's right. 40-yard touchdown included in the mix there, 113 yards, three touchdowns total on the ground like at this point man i'm just i don't if you throw the ball like five times that's fine like let's just get let's lean into this no let's not here. be the bears let's not be the no, bears no, no 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 yeah you remember the game last year with buffalo and new england where they they combined to run the ball i think like 80 or 90 times i think they both ran it like yeah it was God, like 50 times. yeah i don't want to i don't want to become bad but i do i will say like i've been saying all week for louisville like just be a little bit more like arkansas now i know they lost to texas in but just run more and lean into your defense. Let's become that. I that let that be our identity here. Uh, if that's what's going to make us a better team. Uh, moving on, Trevion Cooley, eleven rushes, seventy-five yards, really looked good there. Tyon Evans returns, thirteen for fifty-one in the touchdown. Jawar Jordan, eight for thirty-eight, including the thirty-yard run there. Uh, and and Maurice Turner, a, a young freshman, got in. Uh, he had a big catch, but also got to run the ball three for three. Not anything spectacular, but good to see him coming in. And Scott Satterfield specifically mentioned him today as a guy to kind of keep your eye on. Uh, Mari Huggins-Bruce leads the team in receiving. All he does is get yards, get him the ball more. We've been saying that for weeks. Five receptions, 56 yards, uh, 30 being the longest there. Tyler Hudson, three for 53. Maurice Turner, two for 40. Uh, and then Marshawn Ford, two for 27. Jalen Carter, Chris Bell, each one for two, for 26 yards and a touchdown for Carter. On the defensive side of the ball, Dorian Jones, two fumbles recovered. Just the dude was, I'm sorry, I got to, Debo, I got to make sure I get that right. I, yeah. How dare me call him Dorian. Yeah. Yeah. Debo, Debo Jones just out there thumping people left and right. Two tackles for loss, had the two fumble recoveries. Like I said, I think he's the starting middle linebacker now moving forward. Um, everybody defensively pretty much played well. Yasir Abdullah had another sack. Yaya Diaby had a sack. Um, Nicario Harper came in there and you saw him a little bit more at safety this week. Uh, they mixed it up with the corners. I saw Jarvis Brownlee coming down and run coverage and making nice plays. They played a ton of guys, Raheem Craig. I mean, Presley's going to get into this in a little bit, but uh, Raheem Craig, uh, uh, Caleb Banks, um, uh, just scanning the Zach Edwards. These guys weren't playing Sailor Brown. They were playing in the first quarter, not the second half when it was a blowout in the first quarter. Uh, really great to see Sat finally start to play this depth that we've heard a lot about. Three sacks, nine tackles for loss there on the on the game. They really just played a, a really solid game. Two interceptions. Josh Meekins makes a hell of a play in the back of the end zone or in the front of the end zone, and then Chandler Jones gets his first interception of the year. Uh, overall, I thought it was a really solid win uh, for Louisville. Now, does it change anything? I'm not 100% sure. But let's talk about what we saw on the field and move right into Vince's game notes here. It's time to get down to brass tacks. It's Vince's game notes. 
with Vincent Lacoco. Vince, go ahead and set it up for us. What, what did you see this week? Um, obviously, we watched a lot of the game together, and it's really hard to watch a football game when you're trying to socialize. So maybe we need to stop doing that so that we could have a, a better podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I really we enjoyed just, it. I just had need to focus a little bit. I got a button. <laughs> yeah. Matt, I got a button at the game, dude. I made yeah, a friend yeah. and got an Isaac Martin yep. button. One of the yep. greatest moments of my football fan. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, I just introduced myself to his girlfriend. It was just like, I'm the biggest Isaac Martin fan you've never met. Can I have a button? And she said, I that's weird but sure here you go yep. and sure now enough i'm not wearing yep. it but i do have which, the which is all which is always a great way to introduce introduce the co-host of the podcast that's to right. uh, oh, your buddy's girlfriend and he's <laughs> over here yeah yeah but besides that it was uh it was a great game in my opinion uh great great's a bit of a stretch good good game uh i'll start off with some negative stuff really just one negative mm. thing and uh it That'll has to get the people it. really going We'll start off negative and then <laughs> get right. positive, but we'll uh, start with Malik. He's still not consistent with the deep balls. You all, he hit, he missed two, two plays that would have been touchdowns for sure. And those are plays that against the Clemson against Virginia, Wake Forest, uh, these ACC teams that are more towards the top tier that you need to have in order to beat them. I mean, that's just stuff you can't miss. And those are also plays that NFL scouts definitely take notice of and, uh, that's going to be the number one red flag on him. Is is he going to be able to be consistent with any of his passing game? Not to mention that his very first pass should have been an interception. Yes, and I do, Jacob, now that I was saving this moment for now, I think that was Malik's fault on the Jalen Carter pass. Oh, look at this, man. <laughs> I would give you the biggest hug if we were together right now. Major I mean, props totally, events. There you totally go. Totally would that. slam me into the ground and be like, but, don't you ever give me a hug for being wrong again. <laughs> But uh, I, we talked about it last week about getting the backs the ball more, not just in the run game, but in the pass game. And it was awesome to see Malik finally start to hit these dump down passes. I don't know if they were designed or not designed, but regardless, what that route does, that swing route does, is it pulls that outside linebacker out so that we can bring something in behind him, be it a slant, be it an in. Uh, I, I don't know. You could double it up with a double move or something like that. But you, it opens up so many more opportunities, and you could even swing him out, run a vertical with that guy, and all of a sudden Malik has a wide-open rushing lane right there through the C-gap for 40 yards. You know, there's, there's so much stuff that you could do with that. With the offense, I thought the O-line could be just a little bit better in pass pro, communicate a little bit more. I'm not sure if that's because uh, various guys were substituting younger guys in at times, so maybe not having the reps and seeing the live bullets flying at you could have played a factor. But just a little bit more from them. They're getting a good push in the wrong game, in my opinion. Jacob. I wanted to ask this question to you and Matt, guys that have a better eye for these things. And Matt, you watch the game much more intently when it's happening. But I did I did see guys, you know, like we did see Luke Kandra on the field. We saw I believe Caleb Chandler was back. Were, was there mm-hmm. a point where, where Kandra replaced somebody on the offensive line temporarily, or like for a play or two, or was it more that he was in the game for long periods of time? Because I just wasn't sure who would have come out if Caleb was on the field. I, I, I think it was more so that Kandra got maybe one or two series in that, in that uh, first half. I think it was more so just to kind of get him some more live bullets and kind of shelve Chandler a little bit because he's coming off an injury of his own. Yeah. Now, granted, he, he's full go. I watched him in warmups. He was perfectly fine. If there was anyone to even question about their health or anything, it was Trevor Reed because watching him going through warmups, he, he looked fine, but he wasn't running with the ones. It was actually Michael Gonzalez. And I'm it pretty, that way. 
it yeah, I the way that Trevor Reed performed the first couple of games, I wouldn't I wouldn't say no to that. But yeah, we talked a little bit about that last week, Matt. That that Gonzalez is probably at this point. You just just gotta let's just rip the band-aid off and let's just put him into the lineup because Louisville is better right. when he's the left tackle. Let's just yes. be honest. And that's that look, I, Trevor Reed is a solid player, man. Like let's let's not act like that he's out here just getting his you know his lunch snatched every single play. There are limitations in what he can do as a left tackle, but still, and I only ask that because it's important to see these guys play. Um, and if mm-hmm. Luke, and the reason why I asked specifically about Kendra is if Kendra's in and Caleb's in, well, then it's really interesting because that likely means that Adonis Boone has come out. And if that's for longer than a couple of drives, then we're talking about this offensive line, those optimizations that we talked about in the off on the off season. Maybe we're starting to see that play out where Sat is just saying, we're going to play the best guy. Like Adonis and Trevor, you've been here longer, but we just need better from you. Now, yeah, I, yeah. I don't mean to call it Adonis because it sounds like they played Luke Andra in kind of a, a secondary role. But that's why I right. asked that question is just to get a better understanding of was it more that they're just rotating dudes in, which is great, or are we seeing them now slowly start to shift to maybe this second, this 2.0 version of their offense? Well, well, Sat's offense, even going back to 19 with Ledford, would rotate heavy with a six and even a seventh offensive lineman if you guys remember Adonis Boone was that guy for us yeah Camden so I mean you know Kendra's probably filling in that role right now just as the sixth man uh I'm sure Caleb Caleb could catch a couple breaks and I'm sure Boone could catch a couple breaks why not sub in this guy that's like Eric Wood 2.0 that's right and uh (laughs) let him get some freaking reps uh, but right. keeping up with keeping up with the offense, y'all. I thought it was awesome seeing the guys downfield block. You saw numerous plays where Isaac Martin, Francis Sherman, that tight end, H back room, Marshawn Ford, even the wide receivers were getting downfield blocks. And people have heard set harp on it on numerous occasions. That's where the big plays and the long runs and big things happens when everybody is blocking downfield. So it was, it was great to see that. Is is the team we played a really good defense? In my opinion, no. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see in the coming weeks. With the defense, uh, I loved, loved the D-line play. I think, I mean, we've talked about it already. This is probably Sat's best D-line since he's been here. I mean, guys are playing with the motor at this point. Uh, tackles are getting pressure. Yaya, Yaya Diaby getting pressure. Excited to see Ashton Gelati get back on the field this week. Uh, and Des Tell looks good just eating up blocks so that the ends yeah. could work. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's pretty. It's like everything is kind of falling into place with the defense a little bit. And we saw last week what can happen and how good the defense can be when they're not put in crappy situations. Yeah, when you don't right. put the defense in a shitty situation, I feel like we have a good defense. And I feel uh, like I need to confirm this with numbers. Maybe Presley can be our fact checker, resident fact checker. But I am almost <laughs> positive that Yaya Diaby is tied for the most sacks that a defensive lineman has had in a single season at Louisville since Satterfield has been here. I'm pretty sure Gigi had four. In 2019, I think in 2020, Jared Goldwire maybe had four. Um, but I, I'm almost positive that Yaya is either right there or might even have surpassed it. Because, Matt, the defensive line, you know, I know I, thinking through that, the defensive line has never really been where the sacks have come from. You remember last year we broke it down and we talked about, oh, yeah. you know, how many came from the linebacker. And this this scheme kind of allows for that. But anyways, I just want to right. call that out because Yaya Diaby, like I said, might be the MVP of the team. Vince, go on. I'd still, I mean, I'm sure we'd all like to see a little bit better, better tackling from the second, uh, second level players, safeties, and, uh, you know, even the linebackers at times, uh, we already talked about it, but Monty, you know, kind of getting pushed back by Debo and, uh, just playing that almost like a specialist role, somebody that can rush spy quarterback when needed. It's just Mm -hmm. looking like that knee is going to end up being an issue for him and maybe slowing him down, but, 
not slow him down enough to where he can still be productive for us for, you know, 10, 15 plays or whatnot. Right. Uh, man, I loved the play from the cornerbacks this week. I thought, you know, specifically on the run game, uh, they're still kind of iffy on the pass game for me. Same with the safeties, particularly Kendrick Duncan. But uh, seeing Trey Clark be able to tell that, hey, this X receiver is blocking in front of me and I need to pull my trigger now to make a TFL in the backfield was very encouraging come for him. It, it's the first time for me where I'm like, that's Trey Clark. That's the, that's the corner I know. I, I know. And I mean, if it takes him three games to get back into shape and to get back into, you know, being Trey Clark that we all know and love, then so be it. I just want my guy back on the field doing his thing. And that was the first, you know, bright light I saw. Also, awesome to see Louisville's own Josh Megans get his first interception of his career, I believe. Yes, that's correct. Yep. I career. mean, that, that, that was that was hell a great. of a play, too, man. Hell of oh, a play. Yeah. A lot of traffic there. Both, both him and Chandler Jones made pretty good reads on their picks. Jacob, you want to say Chandler Jones made a good play? He did make a really good play. Look, man, I'm all for <laughs> Chandler Jones at this point proving me wrong. Um, I know I have really, really given him a hard time the last couple of Right, weeks. because he he's shown He's it better, in the past. man. His yep. 2019 season was good, and then yes. ever since then, it was just nothing but fail. Like I don't want to say failure, I, but disappointment. I said spotty, last year. spotty. You can't trust it, and at the corner spotty, position, yes. it's hard to it's hard to have somebody in there that you can't really trust, and that's not going to be able to play consistent ball. Yeah. But you can have him in there as the nickel guy and have him come in on special occasion, third down plays, and I mean, he seems like the kind of guy that doesn't need to have. It's weird. I, I don't know even what position you'd want to call this, but he doesn't really need to have an assignment in the passing game. He needs to kind of just be almost like a rover where he's just kind of lurking and trying to find the best point to high point the ball or cut somebody off or make a play. Uh, my opinion overall on the game, guys, close my Vince's game notes, is that <laughs> this was a bad team and we did exactly what we were supposed to do. Yeah. And for me, that is assuring as a Louisville fan because that means we went out there on Saturday and we took care of business. That's it right. was foot on the throat from the start, foot on all the way, all the way until the last whistle. And uh, that was encur- encouraging and it should be encouraging to the rest of the fans. How, how is it going to be next week? I, I don't know. It's like That's how right. many licks does it, get, does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll pop? Right. Mm-hmm. This, this rem- reminded me of the kind of game where you – don't want to completely discredit what they did because they did go out and they looked better, but you don't want to give them too much credit because USF, I mean, while they do have a good rushing team, everything else about their team is not that good. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Straight no, up. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. I'm sitting right here, even in the middle yeah. Saturday, I was pretty freaking high because we won and that was awesome. And I love getting a good win because the beer just tastes so much colder after that. (laughs) But Sunday, I definitely evened it out. And uh, speaking after the game, shout out to the Sherman family. They were awesome after the game. Ran into them after the game. They brought out all of Bay Village, Ohio, y'all. It was the wildest. (laughs) Shout out Bay Village, Ohio. Yeah, shout out Bay Village, Ohio. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Sherman pulled like 25 tickets for the guys. It was wild. But uh, that was cool to see. Appreciate the hospitality from them. Yeah, I would I have think loved the, a little the, Francis Sherman touchdown. That would have been great. Cheering on I top think, for them. Right. I think the biggest thing you can take away from this game to actually build upon moving forward and then just taking it as a step to get better in the right direction is that both the discipline and the effort looked light years better in this game. Yeah. Louisville yeah. only had three penalties in non-garbage time. They, they had five on the day, but two of them were in the fourth quarter when the score was already 31 to three or 31 to nothing or something like that. And you can tell just from the jump that 
guys were flying to the ball. Guys were keeping each other accountable. They, I don't want to say they didn't look like they didn't want to be there in previous weeks, but the overall just visible effort on the field was so much better in this game than it was the first three weeks. And when you're playing an opponent like USF and there's you're not going to get a whole bunch of takeaways because they're just not a good football team. That's what you want to see. You don't want to see guys loafing guys downplaying their opponent. You want to see guys still want to line up against someone, hit them in the throat and just keep on going. That's, that's a team like, I don't know. You get up 14 to whatever. I mean, you're looking at it licking, licking your chops now because it's like Duke I mean, from gonna, last year, man. They they're going to start to roll over. Right. Yeah. They're, they're going to start. I mean, one of two things is going to happen. They're either going to try and push back a little bit. In that case, you got a little bit of a dogfight and you just got to keep your foot on the throat even more. But besides that, I mean, that's whenever you and all your boys get the ball out. I mean, y'all are. That's when y'all force them into making mistakes. They're throwing the ball more than they want to. They're playing behind the chains. They're trying to blitz. I mean, it's beautiful. Here's what I want to call out. And Presley, I want to come to you next uh, for the fact check that we have assigned you. Uh, we've, we've been talking quite a bit, so we need to come back to that. But I also want to call out your article because Presley, once again, has just come with the heat uh, from the, the breakdown of South Florida. And Randy this is Johnson my favorite. up there. This is my favorite stat and my favorite line of the whole article. Uh, Presley talking about the defensive line. He says, however, it's been sophomore Mason Riger who has been a shockingly excellent addition to this team. And this week, uh, and I, let me read this, and then I'll give my take. He said, Riger notched another tackle for loss on Saturday and batted down a pass. Here's an impressive stat for you. And this is a stat that I guarantee no Louisville fan knows. Mason Riger has yet to make a tackle this season that was not a tackle for a loss. And that is why I have deemed Mason Riger the Ann Pfeiffer of Louisville football in 2022. Wow. He doesn't miss. He bats a 1,000%. Wow. I need a Mason Riger jersey. <laughs> They're selling him on Fanatics. I think I might have to pull the trigger after and, this. And is that going to be a new award on the from the from uh, on our awards day? The Ann Pfeiffer the, the Award. The Ann Pfeiffer Award? <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to get you guys more hyped. I want to get you more hyped. So I actually mistyped this. I actually miswrote this. For his career, he's not had a tackle that's not for a loss. Dude, that's all he better. does is make that's insane. Play. And that is why I said last week, man, I don't know if you heard this or not when you listened. I'm telling you, when Mason Riger is a senior, he may be our best pass rusher. So, that so, is and, no and, joke. So no to, joke. to kind of bring bring you back down to earth a little bit, it's it's he's still in the single digits for his career. Like he's that's not fair. But it's he not like he's right. out there just yeah. putting up insane stats. But here, here's is is my just visual. Um, just, just, just from watching the game, because, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if a lot of people have not noticed, uh, Louisville was without, obviously they're, they're without, uh, they're, they're starting, uh, defensive tackle, uh, for, for the rest of the, for the rest of the season, but they're also without Ashton Gelati yet I did not uh, know on, that. On, on Saturday. I did and not and know so, that. and so they essentially went without two of their best defensive players on the defensive line and the defensive line looked like the best it's looked all year. And I think a lot of that has to do with guys like Riger, who he's it, on the defensive line. It, it's it's kind of it's like the offensive line. Like you're not going to get a bunch of pats on the back unless you're doing a shitty job, uh, or you're just going crazy, right? Like there's only mm-hmm. there's really only two options on, on the defensive line. But if you watch Riger, I mean, this is a dude that I mean, he looks like he can play with with anybody, and it's crazy because he's he's a walk on. And he's not, he's not just a walk-on, was, he's a walk-on was. not a local guy. Like, was. he's not – right. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But th- it's very rare that you have a guy that's a walk-on from Illinois. And, yeah. and his brother's a walk-on as well. Yeah. And, and it's very rare that, that 
they you just find a diamond in the rough like that out, out of nowhere. Yeah, just bring him in as a walk on, and all of a sudden he's a starting. I don't know if he's a starting caliber player, but he's a guy yeah. who's really chipping in. Look, he's, he's, he's a true impressive. he's a true sophomore. He played last year right. on Mark Ivan's right. defensive line as a true freshman walk on. And, look, look. And, 265 pounds as a walk-on defensive end, dude. That does not happen. He he left. No. I stopped. I stopped what I was doing in spring of 2021. And when we started spring football, and we got all like the welcome back stuff. Or not before spring football. We're doing like the lifts and everything, but we're gearing up for all this. And we're like, who's that guy? I'm standing over there with Grant Gorley, who's a GA now. And it's freaking Mason Riger. Shoulders wide as can be. He grew with height. He's freaking huge at this point. And we, he literally looked like he ate himself. And then now <laughs> I encourage every single one of our fans, if he is in the game, watch him get off on the football. You'll it's never wild. see somebody come off as hard and as fast like their hair is on fire on this whole D-line. I promise. Maybe Ashton Gelati and yeah. guys like that. You see no, her who are right. but Yeah, but it's like, it's a different intensity. It's, I know that I, my, got some shit I don't have tomorrow. Intensity. Yeah, I don't have tomorrow proven to be on this yeah. roster. I have to make a play. I was, so, we talked about Mason Riger so much last year and we joked it at, with, and Vince's expense, right? Vince always is going to call it the walk-ons. That's what he does. It's what we love <laughs> about it. The GA is the walk. No one will ever know a GA or walk-on unless you listen to the show because it's what we talk about. But Mason Riger is proving to be a legitimate depth piece to where you can put him in against Clemson. You can put him in against Syracuse. You can put him at, at anybody. He's going to make a play. He doesn't, it's like a puppy dog that doesn't know his own size, like, or doesn't understand his own power. He's going to make a play. And it's just incredible to watch. And I wrote this a couple of years ago for the Big Red Lily when we were writing for that site and managing it. But what I wrote was Marshawn Ford has created this new pathway for Louisville football that did not exist. And if you live in Illinois, you live in Ohio, you live in Indiana, you live in Tennessee, you live in Kentucky, you live in Virginia, you live in any of the, the states bordering Kentucky, and you're a player that may be fringe D1, maybe you're a D2 scholarship player, look at Louisville. Look at Louisville because Sat, Sat said, I love what Sat said when he first came here. We're going to play the guys that are the best, that give us whatever they have, whether you are on a scholarship or you are the, the star player or whether you paid your own way to get here from some random town in Wyoming. Like, we're going to play the best player, and I really appreciate that. And Mason Riger and Francis Sherman and Isaac Martin and, you know, all these Paul guys. Ben Cole Bentley is one that stands out to me, West Virginia kid that came yeah, in but, as a walk-on. Yeah. Bentley wasn't a walk on. No, he wasn't a walk on. I wasn't a walk on. No, 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 no. no. But but well, Tyler Haycraft was. Out of me. Tyler Haycraft was a walk on. Uh, uh, Clayton Hay, uh, not uh, gosh, I forgot his last name now. But Clayton, I forget his, I, whatever. Offensive lineman was a walk on. He played Clayton. Yes. And so we've seen these guys come in with. You're just like, who is that? We always joke about with Matt. Are you going to write about this walk on when they commit? <laughs> but it's like at this point. Maybe you should because hey, you never three, know who three right? Trinity walk-ons. Three Trinity walk-ons in the game last week. Quarterback, yeah. linebacker, and wide receiver. Three, there you go. Three man. of them. There you go. I and, mean, the manual kid might have scored, but I mean, we had three guys in the game. So okay, <laughs> I'd like to make an addendum. Vince, what is happening to you, man? An, Participate. An, an addendum. An addendum. Trophies. Tyler Haycraft is who I was thinking of. Excuse, excuse me. I'm sorry. Tyler yeah. Haycraft was a walk-on, yes. White guys with yes. long hair? Are you? Yes. Is that what you're doing now? Well, I'm just thinking about that 2009-19 offensive line. So, Cole Bentley was only in his fifth year then. So, um. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, let's take a quick break here. We're going to step aside. When we come back, we're going to do the BC preview. Matt's got some great data here on BC. Uh, we're going to talk about Matt's favorite coach, Jeff Halfley, his favorite <laughs> quarterback. 
Phil Jerkovich. I'm going to tell you that I have a little bit of a crush on Jeff Halfley. I have for a while, but I'm oh, going to tell you why. you too. Man, I'm telling you what, man. It's yes. just like, oh it's like I love Satterfield, but if I'm going to get a beer and talk football, it's with Jeff Halfley. Straight up. No, That's not. what it is. Yes, no, it is. Not. All right, maybe not. But we're going to get into all that when we come back. But before we do so, I want to tell you about our partner and our friends here on the show, Kern's Corner. If you are looking for a spot this weekend, this week, to go and have a beer with your bros, Kern's Corner is the spot. You will find us there once a month doing live shows for the next couple of months. You will probably find us there in between that as well, drinking beer and watching sports. If you're interested in live sports, good atmosphere outside and beer, good food as well. Kern's Corner in the Highlands, that's the spot we recommend that you go to. Support us by supporting them. We will be right back to break down BC on the other side. Stick around. I just want to take you out and show you off. You already know that you're the perfect one. Get one number two, feel like a champion. Ever since I got with you, I feel like I done won me a trophy. A trophy. I won me a trophy. All right, we are back. Let's go ahead and jump into BC. Um, this is not the BC we thought we were going to see when we started the season. Uh, in BC, historically, whether it's under Jeff Halfley or Steve Adazio, has been known for a very physical, meaty offensive line, guys that are just wearing neck pads, and their name's Chris DaCosta and John DeGenio. Like, we're just talking about the most Boston offensive linemen. Just the dip spit in while they're throwing you into the ground. Just That's what Boston College has been. If he went to a New England name generator, that might have just what Jacob just did. Just now. yeah, right. <laughs> he just kept hitting refresh. Tell, tell me, I'm <laughs> tell me I'm wrong though. Like that's their probably their left tackle's name is something definitely Boston-ish. Like that's just how it goes. Oh, one hundred percent. But no, seriously though, what Boston College has done is they've had AJ Dillon's, they've had the Zach Allen's, the Alec Lindstroms, they've had these guys that will absolutely drive you into the ground. Chucky Williams doesn't need to come on the show to tell you that. You know that already, and so. This isn't the Boston College team we've seen. Matt, you had the stats. Uh, you were tweeting about it this week, but they're, they have given up, I think, the most pressures in the ACC or something along the lines of that. When they're pressured, they give up sacks just an unreal number of times. And I listened to Jeff Halfley today when I was at the gym just listening to him talk about it, and he very much sees an issue with Louisville's defensive line. He talked about they're going to put guys all over the place. They're going to bring guys from the, you know, from the left corner, from the right corner. They're going to bring a safety. Presley Meyer might come out of – Section 222 in Boston while he's up there selling courtroom audio systems for a sack. Matt McGavick might need to play on the offensive line. Like, that's where we are at yeah. this point with Boston College. Matt wouldn't a heartbeat, too. You love no. D.C., don't you, Matt? <laughs> and look, guys, like, look at this. Okay, they started the season with Rutgers, Virginia Tech, Maine, and Florida State. At the start of the season, I probably would have told you they were going to go 3-1 and one to start. Like, I legitimately thought Jerkovich might be a first-rounder. Jeff Halfley's going to have his guys going. That's not yes. the case at all. You also predicted us seven and zero to start. So no, well, eight and one. That eight is true. <laughs> that one. is true. He did say where, that. Where Jacob was wrong was predicting Louisville to start eight and one. Ah, my bad. Won't do that again. No, but seriously, no. this is going to be an interesting um, a kind of uh, game because you want to see Louisville do to Boston College what they did to uh, Duke, what they did to Syracuse last year, what they just did to South Florida, and can they do it two weeks in a row? I mean, last year they had Syracuse and Duke back to back. They blew both teams out. It made their numbers at the end of the year just unreal. But can they do it here? I, I, that's what I just don't know is what Louisville team is going to show up until they show us two, three games where they do it four quarters, 
three phases, the whole game. You get Jeff Popovich out there with the special teams, which I just learned that there's a Jeff Popovich on the staff today. We mm-hmm. finally figured out who the special teams coach is. I thought when they Stop. asked the question, he had to come back for the follow-up because he wanted to know just as bad as I did. Oh, Sat, yeah, who that- the hell is coaching the special teams, man? Who is it? And I didn't think Sat was going to answer, and I was going to text you all. Sat's got a – this is a scheme. He doesn't want anybody to know who's coaching special teams. But, no, we, we seriously, though, that this game is a matter of can Louisville do four quarters, three phases? Can they do it for that long? I just – I don't know. I think they can because this team sucks. But at the same time, Jerkovic has thrown for seven touchdowns. Uh, he does have five interceptions, but, you know, he's outthrown Malik Cunningham in every sense of the way. Zay Flowers is one of the best receivers in college football. Like, they could just light Louisville up. Who knows, man? But that's the thing. I've – I've kind of watched a little bit of Boston College. I know, Vince, get your joke out now. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Hey, it, it just happens to get on my TV, and, and I'll watch a little bit. I like watching college football, man. But it, seriously, I've watched not a whole lot of Boston College. I've watched just enough to have, like, an in-general opinion of them. But very rarely do you have a position group on a team in, like – in. And for any program in college football, do you have a position group, an individual position group that is so bad that it almost single-handedly is taking the entire program down with it? Boston College's offensive line fits in this category. They are terrible. There's no other way to put it. They, And the reason being is that they lost four starters most of them went to the NFL, like guys like Zion Johnson and a couple other guys who were all ACC caliber guys. The one guy who came back who was a preseason all ACC guy, Christian Mahogany, he's out down. for the year with an ACL. Yeah. So, well, hold on. Jeff said, I'm not going to say he's out for the year. That's what he said. I just listened to Jeff. He's like, man, I just love the guy. He's big. He's around. He's not out for the year. We'll see. He's he's out for this game. How we'll can just you go with not that. be out for a year. <laughs> He said it's his manager. This is just great. That's why I loved about. Anyways, you go from an offensive line where at all five starting spots, you have uh, maybe a a few guys who could play in the NFL. Like there's already guys like Zion Johnson who's doing it. And then you, all five of those guys are now gone. You're having to insert younger guys and experienced guys. And it's showing. I mean, just, just, just listen to these stats. Boston College has allowed 3.75 sacks per game to start the year, which is 126th in the nation. There's only 131 teams in FBS, and they've allowed 7.75 tackles for loss per game, which is 118th. It's not good. And I know, Jacob, you mentioned how Phil Jerkovic, even though with the five interceptions, he's got the seven touchdowns, 843 yards. I watched a little bit of that Florida State game. You can tell just by watching Phil Jerkovich's body language, some of the throws he made in that game, that lack of protection is starting to get to him. Yeah, it really is. He's starting to get a, a, t- a touch more inaccurate. I mean, listen, listen to this stat line from the Florida State game 15 for 23 for 105 yards, a touchdown, and two picks. That's a Mike Glennon numbers right there, is what that that's is. terrible. His eyes are probably going straight down as soon as the ball snapped. He probably looks at this first read and is knowing that something is coming right after that. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because yep. in his, ma- his media availability today, he talked about that, the fact that they are obviously really targeting Zay Flowers. 29, kept, 29 receptions. The next closest is their tight end, who is probably an NFL tight end, 16 for 166. 
they talked about they need to spread the ball around, right? They've got multiple mm-hmm. guys on that team that can play. I mean, they, they legitimately, that's the thing that's got to be frustrating for them is you have guys like Jaden Williams who has eight for 123 on the season. you got guys like uh, Jalen Gill that came over from Ohio State who is dynamic, talented, mm-hmm. right? These wide receivers have to be frustrated in the fact that they just, Jerkovich does not have the time to throw the football. And I think for this game, what is scary is that alone right and what they're going to try to do is scheme up now trying to do versus doing it are completely two different things and he talked a lot about that um, they have to come out of their script very quickly because it's not working for them and that's what's throwing them off in games they're lo- they're losing games pretty much in the first quarter or first two quarters because they yeah. have to go so far off script because they can't protect the quarterback uh, but if they can establish just a slight bit of blocking get the ball out of his hands quick and put it in the hands of Jalen Gill Jaden Williams George Takas is, like I said, he's an NFL tight end. He's going to be a probably a, a first through fourth rounder, somewhere in that range. Boston College always has tight ends going to the NFL. Uh, and we saw 2019, 2020, 2021, their tight ends just somehow managed to sneak out on Louisville all the time. Like, it just <laughs> that's what they do. They just sneak out on the edges and just run with their hand up in the air, waving wide open with the next closest defender being Presley Meyer in section 215 in the end zone. So at, at Louisville's <laughs> got to figure out a way to be able to Um, attack the ball pretty quickly, be able to put uh, that uh, to rest. Uh, And then if you can make them have to drop back, have to throw the ball, it's over. Louisville is going to get seven, eight, nine sacks. Like this defensive line is no joke. They are no joke. And if I'm Phil Jerkovich, I am just absolutely dreading getting hit by Yasir Abdullah, Debo Jones, Mason Ryger, Dez Tell, Ashton Gelati. Like I would not want to do this. I would just – I would be ready to to quit on the sidelines. Like I expect a temper tantrum from Joe from Phil Jerkovich. Are, are we going to see some tablets being thrown? Maybe two. I don't you know. Might, yeah. Maybe and then kind of building off your point, Jacob, I want to highlight this stat by a ESPN's David Hill, who covers the ACC and does a phenomenal job just stats pumping out stats on a daily basis. Really good in depth stuff. And this one highlights a huge discrepancy that highly favors Louisville. Boston College's offensive line through four games, 35.4% of running back carries have gone for no for a loss or no gain, the most in FBS. Remember, 131 teams in FBS, 42, 42.4% of dropbacks have been pressured, second most in FBS. And he also adds, of note, which is this stat in and of itself is a little bit surprising, but, you know, it's it's progression that you, you, you would hope to see out of Louisville. Of note, Louisville ranks fourth nationally in non-blitz sack rate so far this season. So Louisville isn't even having to send five or six guys to get pressure in the backfield. They they're fine for just sending four guys and they're getting consistent pressure in the backfield. Now granted a lot of those numbers are probably skewed by the UCF USF game, excuse me, but still the, just looking at this stat makes me think that, this could get in a, out of hand in a hurry. Because Are you saying that the three-man rush is working, Matt? No, I'm saying the four-man <laughs> rush yeah, is four fine. Rush. Give him a, a fourth-man. No, but you're right, though, Matt. They're, they're like, kudos. Here's where we were wrong as a show. We talked about Mark Ivey maybe being a guy that shouldn't come back. Mark Ivey has proven his worth with this defense. Oh, yeah. Like, I was at the forefront of that. 
Yeah, I'll no, eat crow on that one. <laughs> there is no unit right now where you see the development from young player to where they are at this point, like you have with the defensive line. It does not exist anywhere on this unit and on this team right now. Wide receivers, offensive line, most of them are units that have been kind of glued together with transfers. The defensive line is really the only unit. All three starters are guys that have been recruited to come and play here. All three backups are guys that have been recruited to come and play here. Like we're seeing this defensive line develop uh, I thought it was always there from a talent perspective, but we're seeing Yaya Diaby become the guy that you send off the bus first. Like, give that guy a full cage face mask at this point. Like, I need that. I need that in my life is a full cage Yaya Diaby face mask. But uh, they're they're legitimate um, from a pass rush perspective. And and like I said, I feel bad for Phil Jerkovich. I wouldn't want to be him. Mm-hmm. I know that. I would not nope, want to be no. him on Saturday. No, thank yeah. you. Especially let, let, noon let me on- say this too. So, so Matt talked about, you know, BC's allowed 14 sacks so far this year. UofL has 13 sacks so far on the season. And Louisville's played a, a much stronger group of teams, obviously. Than, oh, Louisville's strength of schedule is like top 10 right now. Yeah, yeah. That's and crazy. B- BC, that is just crazy, man. BC played three pretty much nobody. I mean, they played Virginia Tech, who kind of just wiped the floor with them. And Virginia Tech's not very good. Virginia Tech just lost to West Virginia, you know, by three touchdowns. So, and Virginia Tech just absolutely destroyed Boston College. Boston College started out the year losing to a, an FCS team, right? Is that no, an FCS that, team? no this <laughs> Rutgers could be. I mean, oh, oh Rutgers. Rutgers. it was Rutgers. I'm sorry. I'm, I was. I, I was, mean, I Rutgers was out here just stats before this. And they one does often years, mistake so. Rutgers for an FCS. Team. Just out here <laughs> catching shrapnel. Rutgers didn't label as <laughs> an FCS um, program. But no. But let's just kind of rewind. This is how BC's uh, season has gone up to this point. They opened up the year hosting Rutgers, lost 22-21. I believe they went for a uh, two-point conversion. Rutgers did and won that. They followed that up with uh, going to Virginia Tech, uh, where they ended up losing 27-10 to a, frankly, not very good Virginia Tech team. They are getting better. They're starting to find like a teeny bit dry up, but then ran into a huge roadblock against West Virginia. Then they followed up those two games with a game against Maine, who is an FCS school, and they end up winning that game 38 to 17. And then this past week, they got their ass absolutely blasted against Florida State 44-14. So, and, and the thing to note is those first two ACC games, uh, yeah, they lost. They lost by a combined score of 71-24, but those were both on the road. This this upcoming game will be Boston College's first home conference game of the year. I don't Matt, know if that plays right. any huge role there, but that's just something to note. Solid statistics. And Vince, here's my question. What position does Vinny De Palma play? What position for Boston College does Vinny De Palma play? I don't know. <laughs> he kind of sounds like uh, Vince Papali, the safety back in the day for the Eagles that they made that Invincible movie about. So I'm going to go with safety. He plays linebacker. linebacker. Oh, oh, see, that was my second guess. He's on defense. Is, dude, here's a game. Godfather character or, you know, an Italian mobster movie or Boston, or Boston College, College football player. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I'm disappointed I didn't think of that before the show. That would have been a fire segment. So did I go to the wrong school? Should I have been at D.C.? Vincent Lococo is definitely a linebacker for Boston College. I think I'm smart enough for that Let them in uh, in tackles last game. How about that? Right. Um, And Vinny De Palma is a good player, too. He is. No, I just only pulled that out because that's the only name Matt has listed that could be an offensive lineman by my description earlier, and I just wanted to quiz you. See what you thought. So, so one other thing to throw in there, uh, heading into that Florida State game, BC had already allowed 11 sacks on the season. Um, yeah. And I know we get into these sack numbers, but they are a good indication of how much pressure you're allowing. As a whole, though, they're allowing a lot of tackles for loss, as Matt said. Um, and, and, and Louisville is a team that doesn't have to bring pressure 
to to make the other team a little uneasy in the pocket. Um, Phil Jer- Jerkovich is not a guy that's going to be taking off and, and running a lot. Um, so it, it's it is <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see. This is a game that Louisville should aim to win in the trenches and just aim to dominate right out the gate. Uh, you know, I mean, because that's been that's been the story of, of the Satterfield era, right? Like he's kind of ran the the offense is kind of taken over almost like a pro style dynamic, like get the ball out of the quarterback's hands, uh, run off tackle a lot, a lot of big plays, a lot of quick drives. Um, let's win this game in the trenches. You got the running backs, you got the offensive line, you got the defensive line. Like we said all this stuff, like <laughs> let's go out and actually do it, though. Like I would like to see them do it against a conference opponent on the uh, road. Yeah, I mean, for a game the, the, where there might be like 12,000 people. And, and so, and that's, that's, that was the other yep. thing I was going to get into, too. Um, th- this is the first time that I can remember that Louisville's played a game in Boston this early in the season. Because, Jacob, I know that you and I have gone back and forth in podcasts of, of the past talking about how it's difficult to play in Boston in the winter. Uh, that won't be the case. It's actually going to be nicer there than it will be here. Uh, it's going to be like a high of 65, like, you know, a little, little gusty gust wind, but nothing crazy. Uh, so, I mean, th- this is a game that should set up for Louisville to dominate. And that's, I mean, that's what fans should expect. You know, if you dominate a team like, like South Florida, who ha- in my opinion has better athletes than, than Boston college, it's time to dominate these. I mean, this looks like the freaking what, what's, what's the movie with, with Mark Wahlberg where he makes the invincible. invincible. Yeah. Th- this <laughs> two invincible yeah. references in one, podcast. two invincible wow. references in one podcast. The, this, <laughs> this team literally looks like the scene where they lined up the cars and turn on the headlights and, and they're like, this is, this is the squad that they're putting out there. And then they're all going to get a beer after the game. Like th- this is legitimately what Louisville stacked up against. And I'm, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Boston college, but it's very clear that there's been a lot of issues filling filling the roster uh, with recruits that are, that are as good as, as what we've seen in past years. Um, one, one other thing, Jacob, they, and they I, could just be young. Yeah, like Matt said, I mean, you got you're talking I mean, about there, four or five. There, there are some youth and more more inexperienced than youth. I would say, you know, like think like Jalen Carter. You know, you 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 just got to get those guys kind of. You got to get some, them some reps. Um, so I, I think that that's a good comparison where Louisville has some talented guys on the team that have never gotten an opportunity. I think Boston College is kind of kind of in a similar boat right now. Um, but but again, you know, I go back to Central Florida and South Florida and, and, and Florida State. You know, these are teams that that absolutely loaded up in, in the transfer portal. I mean, you talk about Central Florida, you know, they have wide receivers from from uh, Alabama. You know, they, they have – They might as well be an SEC team with how yeah, many they, they have, they have SEC transfer, conference. transfers across the board. Obviously, Gus Malzahn has has those talented pieces. And, and and I went back and – not to get on some tangent or anything, but I went back and looked at, at what UCF fan expectations were heading into that game, what they have been after. Like, it, it, anybody in, in that area really feels that they have a really solid squad, and that was just a bad loss on their part. Uh, and then going into South Florida, I mean, there are there are three or four guys that could have been starting for Clemson right now. Obviously, you have a transfer coming in from Baylor. I'm, I'm, I know, Jacob, you're making faces, but you, these are guys that were legitimately like high three-star, uh, four-star caliber players. Uh, I think South Florida had the talent. Central Florida certainly had the talent. Obviously, Florida State's never really dropped off in recruiting. Like, Louisville's played some really talented teams. This Boston College team is, is not that. No, they're probably the least talented team on the Even James Madison is better than them right now. To Prisley's point, USF does have an All-American on their team. Can you guys guess who it was? 
Well, it was, it sure, certainly wasn't no, Jerry. It's a, isn't it a linebacker? Or <laughs> nope. a, uh, no, offensive nope. tackle, left tackle. Nope. nope. Okay, I don't know. It's it's the running back, Brian Batty. He was ah. an All-American as a kick returner last year. Oh, okay. Well, Consensus All-American, actually. You know, Rajay Burns returned. Well, he, he so, got a hell of a lot of opportunities. Hey. He didn't do very much last game, so <laughs> I don't know if he'll there. He was duty. And Jared Magnum, you got to change your last name after that one, bro. I, I, he I he certainly didn't up, play man. extra large, that's for sure. <laughs> It's pronounced Mangum, okay? If we're going to do some corrections here, it's Mangum. Let's not talk about Magnum. Come on. What? Uh, right on that one, actually. My new favorite thing each week. I want to say, what can we say to, to get the ire of the fan base, right? Florida State clearly was triggered by the discipline, right? They didn't like that. I feel like South Florida would have been upset that we called him Gary and Jerry and not just, not just Gary because that's his name. For well, me, this one, Boston College, normally you, you got the, the guys that eat steak like by the hand and they rip it. This offensive lineman, this group, they like to eat salad. That's the meanest thing I can say <laughs> about them. They're salad eaters. That's what they are. Gosh. What else can what can you guys Presley say? Presley just had a salad. <laughs> but Presley is probably equally equipped to go block for Phil Ver- for Phil Jerkovich on Saturday as these offensive linemen. Yeah, I'm, I'm, like two, I'm like two in a nickel. You know, if you need me to eat some more steak and rip it with my hands or whatever, you know, I can get I can get in there. <laughs> What's the meanest thing you can say about Jacob's qual- J- Jacob's recruiting tier for being a good offensive lineman? Can you or steak. can you not do a backflip? Can do you, you eat steak <laughs> with your bare hands? Okay, side. But no, 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 no. You missed it. Do you have a neck roll? Because that's oh, yeah, the third key. Roll, the key roll is. That I thought that was gotta, a fullback thing. Come on yeah, now. Well, it's really just anybody blocking per se, oh, yeah, or true. being you know like a defensive block. You just a neck pad takes it to the next level. Like, but would I don't know if that would behoove an offensive lineman to have a neck pad because they gotta get their heads up very fast and. Yeah, but I, a neck pad protects the back of your neck, not the front of your neck. It's not a neck brace. It's a neck but it can pad. still restrict your yeah, but you're, not really you're restrict not, vision, well, but restrict like uh, neck movement. Yeah, because so I guess side yeah. to side. What's yeah, the meanest I'm, thing one of you all can say? Please, somebody else say something mean about Boston College. Vince, but, come on. Uh, you you went out there. Say something mean. They got bad restaurants. I, I mean, it, it, the it women are cool. ugly. It, it was Boston. cool playing in Boston in the winter. I mean, that was sick. Uh, your stadium yep. looks like shit. And you oh, there you go. Good since Matt Ryan's been around. So, yeah, I mean, take really that. Caring. Golden Eagles. I haven't yeah. even gotten to preview the defense yet. Man, we're already just well, diving. You know, they haven't been good since Kickley's been there. Well, hold on. They, they've got some, well, well, some good on. The fighting that the guy think, for coming. No, no, no. I think Vince <laughs> just made the comment that's going to piss off Boston College fans and passing once again. Their defense hasn't been good since so-and-so, and they're going to go, and all of the message boards are going to have a thread called this defense hasn't been good since, and they're going to all say, this guy has no idea what he's talking about, and I freaking love it. I hope that's so, the case. So here's here's a here's a stat to retort Vince's comment and to kind of put pull this back on track a little bit. Since <laughs> Jeff Athlete's been uh, at Boston College, which has just been two seasons that Louisville's played them, uh, Louisville's turned the ball over seven times in two games against Boston College. Uh, turned the ball over last year four times. Still managed to win twenty eight to fourteen, which again with that with with Louisville that's scrub COVID. defense, I can't I can't imagine how they the mustered that. In but in the football, um, um, and then the, the year before the in the COVID season, Boston College eked out a win, and it was on the backs of three turnovers by Louisville. Uh, so so again, and that was a game that we talked about last week about you know kind of a little bit a little bit of a, a little boo boo there uh, in, in the middle of the season. So. Um, no, I mean, that's that's something to consider. You know, half these teams have kind of built a rep- reputation on. If there's one thing they're good at, it's, it's taking away the ball and, and pr- protecting the ball. 
Um, They're just not, not very a, good at scoring with the ball, per se. Yeah, not, not, not necessarily, but, I mean, good enough to, to keep games respectably close. And if you look at last year's game, Louisville won 28-14, but if you look at the statistics – um, you, you know, that, that if you look at the statistics, it, it, it's very apparent, um, uh, that, that Louisville outplayed them last season. So they're, they're going to get in there and, and try to knock it out essentially. And, and, and if Malik Cunningham is not, um, careful, you know, their, their secondary is still very respectable. So, um, that, that, that's definitely something to, to take into consideration. Yes, under Halfley, Boston College has had a good defense. And this year, I mean, when you look at just the raw stats, they're – I mean, they're, they're better than their offense, but they're average. I mean, their total defense, 378.5 yards given up a game. It's good for 70, 72nd in the nation. Scoring defense, they're holding teams around 27.5 points a game. That's good for 85th in the nation. Uh, rushing defense is decent. They're holding teams 156 rushing yards a game, which is 85th. The The – the outlier here with their like just base defensive stats is their passing defense. They're giving up 222 passing yards per game, which is 68th in the nation, which at, when you look at that compared to the other stats that you would think, okay, so their strength is probably in the secondary. Their secondary has gotten worse as the season has gone on. Very first game, they only allowed 110 passing yards to Rutgers I mean it's that FCS team there's that FCS team again yep and then next week they play Virginia Tech they allow 140 passing yards to Virginia Tech still pretty good but Virginia Tech against Maine an actual FCS opponent they allowed 289 passing yards to Maine and then last week they let now granted Jordan Travis so far shown to be pretty damn good quarterback they let him torch them for 350 yards. So as the season has gotten on, the secondary has progressively gotten worse. So the, the the strength for this BC defense isn't really in their secondary. It's actually in their front seven where it's not going to blow you away. It's not one of those units where there's a ton of cohesion there, but there's some really good individual pieces, and I'm going to highlight a couple of them. Uh, where did my notes go? Damn it. Did you know that they are? I'm sorry. Uh, their best gonna, guy is. Were you about to accuse me of deleting your notes? I was actually. <laughs> I'm offended, man. Oh, I'm offended. Wow. I'm hurt. I Three, never, okay. I had to getting beg you back. for those notes. Yeah, that's, you did. Okay. Get, getting things back on track. Their three um, best defensive players are all in the front seven. Their best guy, you could say right now, is defensive end Donovan E. I'm not even going to try and pronounce nope, that No, 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 no. Yes, you are. Do it. Let's hear it. Isaruka, I guess. I'm not, I, I don't know. We'll confirm on Saturday. Isaruka. And then we'll come back next week and right or wrong. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, 21 tackles on the year. That's okay. But he leads the team in tackles for a loss with four and a half. Has a couple sacks in the year and two forced fumbles. Uh, according to Pro Football Focus, he's their highest graded team on the entire defense. I mean, I think he's in the low low 90s, high 80s. He's got a defensive grade of 80.9, which is above average for them. And then Vinny De Palma, your boy, lead linebacker, leads the team in tackles with 32, has three tackles for loss himself, quarterback hurry, forced fumble, linebacker and Jalen Blackwell, 13 tackles. Doesn't really pop off the screen that, that well, but, you know, he's got three tackles for loss as well, and he's got two sacks. So there's a lot of individual assets in this front seven who on their own can get stuff done. And they and they 
occasionally produce like a, a, a semi-solid, you know, front seven who can get pressure in the backfield, especially against the run. But it will be interesting to see how they do against Cunningham because this is a better front seven for BC than a lot of people would imagine, so, especially since they're coming off an ass-kicking at Florida State. So, But I think one of the better uh, storylines to kind of track in this upcoming game will be how the wide receivers perform against the secondary that is starting to slip because, I mean, we know for the first three, four games of the year, Wolves wide receivers have not done a really good job at generating separation. That's just, we know this at this point. But against USF, they started to take a bit of a step forward in this department. Granted, it's USF. It's not a game you're supposed to draw a ton of takeaways from. But, you know, by definition, there was progress there. Then you have a BC secondary who is starting to regress a little bit as the season goes on. This looks like a premier opportunity for these wide receivers to try and get back on track. Maybe not get back on track. Continue staying on track and have a good showing to kind of progress the overall passing game. Because let's be honest, the passing game has not been that great. Granted, some of that's been like Cunningham and some of the overthrows that he has, but there have been moments where the wide receivers have not really done him justice with not really doing a good job at generating separation, whether that be just not timing your routes perfectly, running a bad route to begin with, not having being on the same page with Cunningham. But after what we saw in the USF game, we started to see the passing game start to take a bit of a step forward. And when you're facing a secondary who quite frankly, is has been getting worse as the season gone on. This is the opportunity for them to really have a good game, especially since you're one on the road and two against a conference opponent. All right, that's a perfect segue into the final segment of the show. Let's get some predictions going here. Predict the score and the winner as usual, but I, I, what do we what do we want to do this week for our, our vanity stat from a tracking standpoint? I always like to try to pick something that's going to be relevant, relevant in the game. Let's go with... Uh, we did this a couple weeks ago, but I feel like it's more fitting for this week. Let's go with sacks for the defense. How many sacks total the defense gets? Uh, Matt, do you want to kick us off with your score prediction and who uh, and how many sacks the defense will accrue on Saturday? I'm going to go, obviously, Louisville. I'm going to pick here. Uh, Louisville 31, Boston College 17. I think they do get some points in garbage time for the backdoor cover. But I think Louisville kind of jumps out in front early. They maybe start to call off the dogs towards the end, and then Boston College gets a couple of points for the backdoor cover. But as far as sacks go, I'm going to go. I'm going to go four. Actually, okay. I think they'll I like get. It. I think they'll get a lot of tackles for loss, but I think they'll only only quote unquote air quotes four sacks. All right, Presley, you're up. What do you got? Let me just say, Matt, you asshole. Um, I because I had thirty five, <laughs> I had thirty five, seventeen, and four sacks. So, um, yes. really, really stole Great my thunder. Like. Really stole my thunder there. Um, I think that oftentimes we get too kind of fixated on certain stats. Uh, I don't think that Louisville's going to have some kind of crazy day against the Boston College offensive line. It's clear that they've been kind of improving game by game, just like Louisville's offensive and defensive line have as well. Um, I do think that the Boston College has some impressive pieces, man. I mean, Zay Flowers, as Scott Satterfield said today, is his top five or six receiver in the ACC. He's tough to cover. And as we've seen, um, when when the opponent has guys that are just really a tough individual to cover, uh, Louisville tends to struggle just a little bit with those guys at, at wideout. Um, so, you know, I, I think that that uh that Boston College has a chance to kind of get things a little bit back on track, but back on track for them is not winning this game by any means. I think Louisville's offense has continued to to progress. Um 
I just think this is a game they win in the trenches and they try to continue to rotate in guys. I want to see Debo Jones starting again this game. I want to see Monty Montgomery getting a little bit more involved. Um, I'd really like to see the defensive line continue to progress. Uh, we, we went through, I'll, I'll bring up those stats really fast. Um, the first three years of Satterfield uh, leading, leading statistically in, in the sack and tackle for loss category uh, in 2019, Gigi had four sacks. Goldwater had two uh, with, with six and four tackles for loss, respectively. Goldwater had two and Yaya had zero uh, in 2020. Like they really struggled to get after the quarterback that season. Uh, it was all Monty and Yasir that season. Uh, last season, Gelati and Diaby uh, with four and one and a half. So you already got a guy with four and a guy with three this season. Uh, those would have been first and second in any, any other season under Satterfield, and that's just through four games. Uh, obviously, there, there's, there is very, there's a lot of reason to be impressed with the defensive line, and it's not just because of Gelati and Diaby either. Uh, there, there are a lot of guys who are really stepping up. Desmond Tell obviously comes to mind as a guy that's stepping up a lot. Obviously, we talked about Mason Ragger, a guy who only makes big plays. Um, so there's – there's a lot to be impressed with so far on this this front three or four. I want to continue to, again, see Debo Jones continue to, to kind of impress. And I think that, you know, Louisville secondary kind of is what it is. I think that they're, they're guys who are have kind of a, a knack for, for making big plays, but they'll also allow the big plays sometimes. And I'm fine with them being aggressive as long as the offense keeps the foot on the gas. And I think that Louisville, just like uh, kind of how Florida State it was last week, uh, could be out to a twenty-one nothing, twenty-four to seven type of type of lead, and to just kind of coast to the finish. I'm I'm okay with that as as long as they keep their foot on the gas against a more respectable opponent. Um, again, it's nothing against Boston College; they're just not where they were the last two seasons, uh, and I don't expect that to change this 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 week. So. 35-17 is, is my final score with four sacks. All right, Vince, what you got? Let's get one right, man. Come on, we're all rooting for you. Vince, 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 Vince. All right, here we go. We're going 45-21 cards. Okay. Uh, I think that Flowers is probably going to get off maybe one, two. Uh, they do have weapons on the outside as much shit as we do like to give Boston College. I uh, want to see our guys from start to finish play a complete game. Uh, you kind of saw it a little bit last week, like we've been harping on, but I mean, I need to start to finish all four phases, just complete domination of a conference team. Now we're going to come back next week and be like, well, Boston College isn't blah, blah, blah. But I mean, still, it's a power five ACC opponent. We need to come out and own them from start to finish. 45-21. I'm going two sacks. Two sacks. Okay. So you're going pretty low here. Okay. All right. Well, y'all are going so high. Y'all have three, four, and like, I'm, I'm kind of like Presley. I feel like if we get too dialed in on a stat, it's not going to happen. All right. It'll be interceptions or something. It, it, that's how it always we works. We did it last year with yeah. Trey Clark. We did yes. it last year with Trey Clark. Yeah. We were way off. Okay. Well, I, look, that's fine. You go two. Presley's got four. Matt's got four. For the sake of being different, I'm going to go six sacks. I'm going to start with that. Good God. I'm going to go six. Okay. Look, man. Yaya Jacob's trying to get their O-line coach fired in this game. Bro, you talk about Yaya and Yasir getting 
two each. I don't think that's unfathomable to happen. That's four total. And then you just need Mason, Ramon. You need Zach Edwards. I got Popeye Williams getting his first sack of his career on Saturday. There's your prediction. All right. I don't want. I had the same score. Uh, just minus one point, forty-five <laughs> to twenty. What did you say? Forty-five to what? I've just put my eye away. Forty-five okay. twenty. I had forty-five to twenty. I wasn't sure what yours was, but at one point I mean, what, what, who, who are we? Okay, I, I will say that one thing I didn't throw in bold prediction. I think Louisville scores a defensive touchdown in this game. Oh, I like that. Mm, who is it? That. Who is it? Who is it? Who do you got? It's going to be somebody out of left field. I and I don't know who that that is. Maybe you know, like a defensive tackle. Oh, I love it! I love it. You know, oh, I'd like, be so hype. Give me a big uh, boy touchdown. May, maybe like a Chandler Jones, just really make you just eat your words, like you know, something like yeah. that. Chandler had an impressive interception last week. Yeah, well, give me so. a. It's gonna be crazier whenever uh, Braden Smith returns one for a punt return touchdown. <laughs> oh, we're Ooh, all just throwing out go. predictions Ooh, now. There you go. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we might as well throw wear a snapback. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> we might as well get some razzle dazzle in there. Jet Satterfield, uh, in honor of his old uh, conference foe, he's going to cut off his sleeves um, and 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 get out there. What was what was that guy's name? I already forgot. Jeff Collins. He's, Jeff he's already Collins. way in the past for me. So, um, any anyways, Jacob, get us out of here. Another great episode. This has been a blast. I, I I've had a great night. I needed this, fellas. I needed this more than you'll know. What a great episode. I'm glad we got a victory. We head into another week where there should be a victory. Next week, we should be talking about a double time, two wins back to back. Who knows what might happen? I might go streaking in Autumn County. Nobody needs that. Do that. Presley might be in some random do that town in Pennsylvania. College. <laughs> yeah, that's what Matt would do. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap the show up with that. You can catch us every week as we break down the opponents uh, Louisville has on their schedule, and we go back and we look at the game that was. We appreciate everybody who has been tuning in and listening throughout the season. We've had record numbers for the podcast, so thank everybody who's been tuned in. We're going to continue to do it. Pump it out. Uh, be sure you're following us on Twitter at Matt underscore McGavick. Follow and uh, be sure to read the Louisville report. Everything you need from basketball to football to baseball to the NBA to the WNBA. Matt's got you covered there. Uh, be sure to follow him and, and really support his work. Vincent Lococo at Vincent Lococo at Press Meyer at Jacob Lane 08 at the state of Lou. It's not going to have a tweets for a few more weeks, but that's okay. Go ahead and give it a follow. Subscribe, like, review, do all of those things, and we will catch you next week. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, go Cards. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.